We're going to read today Matthew 11, verses 20 through 24. A relatively short section of passage. We're going to deal with this. Lord willing, next Sunday morning, we want to look at the rest of Matthew 11, beginning with verse 25, which includes a great invitation. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe a good opportunity to invite visitors. But today we focus on Matthew 11, verses 20 through 24. Then he began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles were done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven with you. You will descend to Hades, for if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than you. In the last section, John the Baptist had sent some to Jesus to ask, are you the one that should come or do we look for someone else? Jesus said, go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. Jesus extols John as a prophet. He is a prophet and more than a prophet. He is Elijah who has come to prepare the way of the Lord. But we were told at the end of that section, in Matthew 11, verses 16 through 19, that the people had not accepted John, nor Jesus. John came, neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. Jesus comes, eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So they didn't re- they rejected John, they rejected Jesus. They didn't receive either one of these. And now Jesus has some strong language for these cities. Woe to you. He's going to use that word woe quite frequently in Matthew 23 in very strong rebuke of the scribes and Pharisees. He's going to use that word woe when he talks to Judas in Matthew 26 verse 24. Woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for him had he never been born. This word may express some pity, some pity, but, but it is a warning. It is announcing a disaster. Woe to you. 
Those cities that have seen my miracles, that have witnessed my wonderful deeds and have not repented at them, woe to you. Now I want to make three simple points, three simple points from the passage. And we make those points, we'll seek to explain some elements of the text. The one thing that strikes me about this passage is that in the preaching of Jesus and in the teaching of the apostles as they spoke of Jesus, Judgment Day was a constant reality that they called attention to. Here in verse 22, he assumes that they understand that there will be a day of judgment. In verse 24, he assumes that there will be a day of judgment. That is typical all through the preaching of Jesus and all through the teaching of Jesus. If you look back just a chapter at Matthew 10 and verse 15, the Bible says, Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for you. You look over a passage, ahead a chapter, to Matthew chapter 12. And in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36, But I tell you, every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. So the day of judgment is something that Jesus called attention to. That the God who made us, will one day call us to an account and we will stand before him. In John chapter 5, of all the passages on the slide, let let us read that one together. In John 5, verses 26 through 29, we see Jesus mentioning this. John 5, 26 through 29. Just as the Father has life in himself, Even so, he has given it to the Son to have life in himself. And he gave authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Those who did good to a resurrection of life and those who committed evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. As surely as you are right here, right now, so one day we will all stand before God. We will stand before the God who made us to give an account of our lives. And I do find it interesting to notice who all will be there in the passage we just read. John 5, 28 and 29. All who are in the grave shall hear his voice. They that have done good to a resurrection of life, they that have done evil, to a resurrection of judgment. But all who are in the graves shall hear his voice. But in some of these passages, 
in Matthew specifically that we see we see an emphasis on some of the people who will be there all the characters who have ever lived and all the characters that we read of in the pages of scripture the people of Tyre and Sidon will be there on the day of judgment according to Matthew 11 verse 22 the people of Sodom will be there in Matthew 10 and verse 15 in Matthew 11 in verse 24 they will be present on the day of judgment in Matthew 12 in verse 41 the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation in the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The men of Nineveh, the king of Nineveh, who proclaimed the fast and they clothed themselves in sackcloth for the greatest belief, they will be there in the day of judgment. In verse 42, The queen of the south will rise up with this generation at the judgment. The queen of Sheba, who had heard of Solomon's great works and great wisdom, and who traveled far distances to hear of that wisdom, she will be there on that day of judgment. Indeed, all who are in the graves will hear his voice. That itself is an overwhelming thought that all who have ever lived will stand before God on this day and will answer to the God who made them. Listen to the words of Revelation 1, verses 11 through 13. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged from those things which were written in the book. According to their deeds, the sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Yes, in judgment day, you will be among the many. We will all be there. And one of the things Jesus says here is those who have been shown great light have great responsibility. You remember Capernaum was where Jesus settled for his personal ministry that's talked about in Matthew 4, verses 12 through 17. And Isaiah 9 is quoting in connection with that. Oh, you land of Zebulun and Naphtali, you who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Upon you a light has shined. These people who had been in darkness had seen the light. But unfortunately, they rejected the light. 
And that's why Jesus said, it's going to be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in judgment than you. It's going to be more tolerable for the city of Sodom. The epitome of a wicked city that was destroyed by God as God rained down fire and brimstone and sent a total destruction. He's going to be more tolerable for them than for you. I want to tell you, every one of us has been given great life. Great opportunities. Paul was a prisoner in Caesarea. When he was a prisoner in Caesarea, he had opportunity to speak to Roman governors like Felix, like Festus. When he stood before Felix, In Acts 24, he reasoned about righteousness and justice and the judgment to come. He speaks to Pilate, or speaks to Festus, excuse me. Let me try it one more time. He speaks to Felix about the judgment to come. And the Bible says, Felix. Are you prepared to leave your God? Are you prepared to leave your God? But this passage not only tells us, it not only tells us some were prepared. But it tells us how they should have responded to prepare But I want you to emphasize before we get there that again, those of us who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus, who is the light of the world, entered the world to save us. And I want to tell you what's striking about verses 21, uh, verse 21 in particular. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, it would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Let me ask you, what great miracle of Jesus was done at Chorazin? Do you know this place is not mentioned in the Old Testament? It's not mentioned in the New Testament anywhere except here in Matthew eleven twenty one, and it's parallel in Luke chapter ten in verse thirteen. And this is the only mention that the Gospel of Matthew makes of the saying. What is my point here? Jesus did so many miracles and so many wonderful works and only a few of them are recorded. Only 
only a few of them. There are no miracles in this gospel in either of these two places. And Jesus upbraids the city because of their unbelief. The Bible says many other signs did Jesus in the presence of his disciples. Many other signs did Jesus in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these that are written are written that you might believe that Jesus is a Christ. And that believing you may have life through his name. In John 20 verse 25, the Bible says if the world were to contain all the books and all the miracles of Jesus, if, if all of them were written down, even the world itself could not contain all those books. Jesus did so many miracles. He did so many things that we don't even know of. And yet, we know of Him. Opening the eyes of the blind, unstopping the ears of the deaf, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. And we have a small sample of all He did. Are you gay? Are you gay? Are you gay? Jesus came into our world of darkness to get us ready for that day. To get us prepared for that day. He came and did wonderful works. Jesus said when John asked, are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? You go and tell John what you see and hear in reference to all these miracles. So you go and tell these, these are adequate to lead us to faith. Again, John 20, 30 and 31, many other signs did Jesus in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these that are written are written that you might believe. That Jesus is a Christ. And believing have life in his name. These miracles are recorded. These things are recorded. Jesus did these miracles in Chorazin and Isaiah and Capernaum. He did these miracles so that people would believe in him. And believing have life through his name. Your response to the miracles of Jesus should be to put your trust in Him. All other sources of confidence and trust will fail and be unable to deliver or rescue. Jesus raises the dead and Jesus Himself is raised to show us He is our ultimate object of trust and only he can guide us to death. The response to these miracles should have been belief and it should have been repentance. In verse 20 he began to denounce those cities in which most of his miracles were done because they did not Repent. 
And he says in verse 21, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. That statement itself is amazing. Tyre and Sidon, which are singled out by the prophets so often for judgment. Ezekiel 26 and 28 says three chapters on those two cities. They would have repented. Even Sodom in verse 23, as wicked as it is, apparently would have repented had they seen what those people saw. Now you know they happen. You know Jesus did these things. Have you put your confidence in Him? Have you repented? Repentance is necessary. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And the day of judgment calls for a need of repentance. In Acts 17, the Bible says, having overlooked times of ignorance, God is now declaring to all men everywhere that they should repent because He's fixed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness. The necessity of repentance is emphasized. And God rejoices over the repentance of even one person. But I want us to look at Luke 20, Luke 16. Luke 16, Lazarus and the rich man. But I want to emphasize the end of that. In verse 27, he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house. Send Lazarus to my father's house, that I may have, for I have five brothers, in order that he may warn them that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, no, Father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. And one thing that strikes me is Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead. And some believed. And some went and told the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jews, guess what he's doing now? He's raising the dead as an accusation. We consider what Jesus did. We consider He came to our world of darkness. And He opened the eyes of the blind. 
And he cleansed those that were lepers. And he raised the dead. This is a reason for us to put our trust and confidence in him. To believe in him that we might have life through his name. It is a reason for us to turn from our sins and repentance. Friend, if you don't believe this record that's given in Scripture, if you don't believe it, why do you think you'd be convinced if a resurrection happened right here and right now? The words God wrote are adequate to lead us to faith in Him. He longs for our repentance. He longs for us to surrender ourselves to Him. And yet it is sad that the great miracles and the horrific judgments of Him often do not lead people to repent. But we must repent. Be ready for that day. There is a great day coming. A great day coming by and by. For some, it will be a day of sadness. For others, it will be a day of rejoicing. But Jesus came into our world to show us life, to point us the way. The way, the truth, and the life showed us that we could put our trust and our confidence in Him. And we must repent of our sins and be baptized into Christ. If we can help you to do that, to be right with God, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing. too far away from the pulpit. Near to the heart of God. Know me there is a place on
will be led in closing prayer.